What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast, the podcast hosted by two eggheads, apparently, because uh, we tried to take that into our own hands and it didn't go well. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Overcast, and Radio Public. Long story short, you have no excuse now not to listen to us or find us anywhere. I'm sure if you went down the street, we'd be out there panhandling our two dimes that we just made. <laughs> Saying that we could uh, share our podcast with you. Follow us on Twitter at Brandon underscore Stoll for Brandon at Stephen Priest Jr. For myself, P-H-E-N, don't disrespect me with a V. TGIF, thanks for joining us. Shout out to everybody that's even hit play one time. Whether it was by accident and you were trying to find that cooking podcast you love. And uh, instead of behind the stove, you found behind the glass. Hey, we still thank you for that click. We love having anybody tune in to us it's it's been great it's been fun hopefully you guys uh you guys have enjoyed the experience with us brandon it's been an interesting friday uh we we kind of broke it down <laughs> today that we both took it into our own hands now just to give everybody a backstory and and we'll get into sports we got a lot of good stuff today uh you know the nba top uh what was it like 74 players of all time list put out by espn we'll talk about that russell wilson was apparently involved in trade talks in 2018 that's crazy uh colin coward continues to drive the bandwagon broncos bus uh really putting all his chips in with drew lock and the denver broncos so we'll talk about all that but today started off interesting for me because you know my hair's been growing out and and when my hair gets long Brandon I, I it spikes that's how I know okay I've waited too long to get a haircut and I look like a porcupine or like a, a poor man's version of Logan from Wolverine you know or, or Wolverine um, you know it's just like out there and yesterday I was like you know what I'm gonna shave my head I didn't do it I, I chickened out I couldn't do it this morning I was like you know what I'm gonna do it and, you know, there's a reason why hairdressers uh, are, are, are uh, it's, it seems like an easy job to do, but it's definitely not. I didn't nope. know my head was as circular as it is, <laughs> um, but this is probably the shortest my hair has ever been. But you know what? I feel free. I feel like a new man, even though part of my head is way shaved more than, than the other part of my head. That is fine. I feel so freed right now. How about your haircut experience? I know that didn't go very well, did it? I mean, I think it went better than yours, what it's sounding like. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, no, I I mean, I tried, I guess my haircut's a little bit more complicated. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it just, it was very difficult. And I waited to a point where my hair was really long. Mm -hmm. And so the bathroom was full of just hair everywhere right like it was everywhere um so yeah i mean it it didn't go it didn't go great but hey it, it grows back right and then you can just try again <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing is that it'll eventually grow back and uh thank god for hats because that's what i'm gonna be wearing for for the next yeah, uh two see, i don't like hats so I'm I'm rolling with it, and hey, people look at me weird, but it's all right. <laughs> but you don't leave the house, so the only people that are going to look at you is Aaron and Pivot. So well, yeah. And when I go to the grocery store, because uh, we went to the grocery store, I think the next day, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, look at that man. He looks so homely and sick. Sir, do you need help? <laughs> You're like, no, it's just a bad haircut. Stop judging yeah, me. Uh, but hey, you know, it's it's fine. 
Yeah. So shout out to all the hairdressers out there. Mm-hmm. You are you're essential in my heart. And I already miss my barber already, and I will not tell her about what I've done to my head today because she would be very disappointed in in what I've done to myself. But let's get to sports today. Where do you want to start? You want to start with NFL, Broncos, NBA? What do you want to do? What do you want to do first? Uh, let, let's start with uh, let's start with some Broncos here. So Colin Cowherd. This is interesting. Yeah, Colin Cowherd, and I saw today too. Uh, NFL.com put out their nine dark horses uh, for MVP, and Drew Locke was number eight, which is very interesting wow. uh, in itself. And I, I'll try and pull up that article right now. But Colin Cowherd, the main one that we're talking about here, he talked about a couple days ago. Uh, I believe it was earlier this week on his show. Just second-year quarterbacks. Now, he's not saying that these guys are going to win MVP or even be in the running, but if it was just you know in, in second-year quarterbacks that we're focused on, who could he see out of that group that could possibly win MVP or have an MVP type of season? Now, you have guys like Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, uh, Jarrett Stidham, I guess, if you want to count him. Um, I, I, f- I feel like I'm missing a few, but there, there's a few out there. You know, Drew Locke, obviously. And out of all those players, you know, in in my mind, I'd probably go Kyler Murray because you get DeAndre Hopkins out there. He's got another year under a system in which he's already familiar with. So you got to think that they're going to be much improved, at least offensively. But he goes with Drew Locke, uh, the second year quarterback, and he's really pushing all of his chips into that Denver basket. Yeah, I mean... It's kind of go back to what we were talking about on Monday when we're talking about Drew Locke and and expectations of this offense and this team in general. Yeah. And, you know, I said that the second year for quarterbacks is a big year. Uh, and you know, and it's funny, in fantasy football, what I always do is I take two, two guys who are in their second year and then one guy that I can, you know, just rely on just in case I miss. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, that's... That's what you do. Last year, I, you know, last year in fantasy football, I took Baker because I thought he was going to be that guy. I didn't know Dell Beckham, and you know, you have Jarvis Landry over there. I thought, you know, adding all those weapons that he would be that guy. It turned out to be Lamar Jackson, but that's, you know, that's kind of how it. At least for the last three years, that's how it's been. You know, that first year, three years goes Carson Wentz, and he was having it an MVP. He probably would have won MVP if he was if he didn't get hurt. And, you know, obviously they went on to win a Super Bowl, but you're t- or the next year it was Patrick Mahomes throwing for 50 touchdowns and breaking a bunch of records. And then last year was Lamar Jackson, you know, and you know, getting over a thousand yards rushing and breaking all these records and having the number one offense in the league and and all of that. So it's been three straight years. And, and I don't know. We can go back and look at four years ago to see if anything like that had happened. But at least for the last three years. It's been the trend, and so who's it going to be this year? Is it going to be Daniel Jones, who has a pretty good offense? Is it going to be uh, Murray, who has a pretty good offense and, and a lot of weapons over there in Arizona? Or is it going to be Drew Locke? I think those are the top three guys, and um, I mean, it, it's cool to see Colin Coward pick Drew Locke, and I think, to an extent, I I would agree. I, I, I agreed with his top two. It's between Kyler Murray and, and Drew Locke. I think both of them could have great years, but... Um, like three years ago, it was it was Carson Wentz, and I believe Jared Goff had a really good year that same year. Uh, so, I mean, you could have two guys, two second-year guys who can have a really good year. Um, and I think both of those guys are the top of the list. Uh, and then Daniel Jones probably right behind them. So those are, to me, the top three. But 
uh that's that's how it works you know that's how that's how the trend has been and uh we're that's kind of your window to win a super bowl right like for the eagles they won even though it wasn't really carson wentz at at quarterback because he was hurt but that's your window because you're not paying a lot for your quarterback and that second year is a kind of an advantage for that for your quarterback because not a lot of teams have a lot of film on him and that's also when you're adding a lot of offensive weapons for your young quarterback to try and help him out. So that's it's the best time, and again, Kansas City is taking advantage of it, right? Where, you know, in year two, he throws for 50 touchdowns. They get to – did they lose in the divisional round two years ago, or did they get to the AFC Championship? Kansas City? Yeah. I believe they lost in the AFC Championship, too. Okay, so – right. So you get to the AFC Championship in year two, and then you win the Super Bowl in year three. And you still have another year and possibly two years of paying him very little. You know, that's just an advantage that you get with these young quarterbacks. And it's turned into a league where it's very quarterback friendly, at least for these young quarterbacks coming from college, because the offense in the NFL is starting to go towards that direction. Right. And that you have to take advantage of your of your young quarterbacks within those four years because you're not paying them that much. Yeah, it's an interesting pick by Colin Cowherd for sure. And, you know, like I said, uh, if you would ask me, you know, my first thought would have been probably Kyler Murray, you know, a dynamic athlete. You get a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but then I really started to think about it. I'm like, outside of DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, who is still really good, but, you know, he's still kind of – he's getting there. He's, he's really on that backstretch of his career. Like, he just – I mean, I don't want to say he's limping to the to the finish line because he's he's really good each and every year he goes out there, but he's obviously not the player he once was. But when you think about Drew Locke and the weapons he now has, now last year he had seven touchdowns, three picks in five games, 204 yards a game, um, an 89.7 uh, rating. I mean, when you look at what he had to deal with last year, only sacked five times, and the weapons he had, yes, he had Cortland Sutton. But outside of Cortland Sutton, he didn't really have much in the wide receiver game. Uh, at tight end, you had a young, you know, a rookie Noah Fant who showed some flashes, but wasn't always consistent week in, week out. You had Philip Lindsay who still rushed for a thousand yards, but it definitely felt like a different one thousand yards than the first year when he rushed for a thousand. That first year he was explosive, dynamic, breaking off big runs. Last year it just felt like maybe he was pressing a little too much, you know, in mixture with the offensive line just wasn't opening up holes like they did in his first year it just felt like the offense was just dull and, and didn't have much bang to it now you add a guy like Jerry Judy KJ Hamler and then you also add uh, a bigger tight end in in the draft as well uh, Michael Obuwegnu Okuwebunam I think I'm saying that right I don't know I, I know I butchered uh, let's just call him Michael O for our purposes and <laughs> yeah. then you also uh, you also get uh, Melvin Gordon so now this offense has so much more explosiveness and weapons to it, and you got to think that Drew Locke should, even if he does struggle, sophomore slump, teams get more tape on him and are able to game plan a little bit better for him, you got to think that he'll pop in year two and show more flashes than we saw in year one. At least that's what we're hoping. Um, now, I don't know if it'll be an MVP type of year, but I wouldn't be surprised if we came came away with, you know, a 
you know, like high 3,000 yard to low 4,000 yard passing season, maybe somewhere around 22 to 25 touchdowns, maybe in the realm of 10 to 15 interceptions. Um, and, and you feel good. Now, it's not an MVP type of year, but there's flashes and you can be accepting of that because now there's so much more to work with for Drew Locke and you see that the potential is there. Yeah, and I I think for this team, and, and you look at bringing in uh, Shermer as the offensive coordinator, you, you got a guy who I think is going to try and take advantage of the speed that this team has. And so... Look, with Kansas City, they a lot of their touchdowns come from big plays. And they don't they don't just kind of I mean it happens once in a while, but they don't just kind of dink and dunk their way down the field and, you know, get long 8-minute drives and get touchdowns out of that. They get touchdowns because they're hitting from 40, 50, 60 yards, sometimes 80 yards. You know, you guys you got guys like Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, the running back group get a lot of big touchdowns. Uh, obviously, like you got guys like Sammy Watkins. So you have guys that can that are explosive that can get those long touchdowns. Well, what did Denver just do? They're trying to match that. And that's how you can score not just quickly, but that's how you can score kind of consistently. Because if you can get those big touchdowns, but also be able to work your way down the field, you can score really in any way you want. And I remember the, it was a big topic last year. Maybe it was the year before, but someone came out and said, I believe it was from someone in Kansas City, that they said they can sc- they try to score. Every play that they have is designed to score a touchdown, right? And that's that's true. Um, every every play, every 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 type of, I guess, route that those receivers run – there's a way where they can score a touchdown no matter where they are on the field, whether they're at the 50, whether they're at, you know, just starting their drive at the 20. It's every play is designed to score. And I'm looking at this Denver offense and you got two running backs that not only can run the ball well, but they can catch the ball and they can make plays and they can score from, you know, out of a, out of a screen or out of just coming out of the backfield making a catch and making a couple guys miss and they can they can break off 40 50 yard touchdown runs or uh run after catches and now you add jerry judy you add kj hamler who both of those guys who can catch the ball and then make guys miss and you know they have speed too they can go and you know obviously kj hamler you can hit him down the field and obviously you know not to mention you have Cortland sutton who i mean was it Drew Locke's first touchdown, it was, what, 20 yards out or something like that? And it was, you know, a throw to the end zone. And Sutton, it wasn't the best throw in the world, but Sutton made made the play. And he was able to come down with the the ball and score. So that's that's what your offense is. And you guys, you know, they have, like you said, you have two tight ends who are extremely fast, who can go up the middle and make big plays. So this is a team that's built – to do exactly what Kansas City has been able to do the last two years, and it's just a matter of you got to you you need to get that chemistry down. Uh, you need an offensive coordinator, coordinator who can take advantage of those talents, and you need your quarterback to be able to do what you thought he could do, and that's the reason why you drafted him. So, again, it's 
it's kind of a wait and see, but I think through the first five games that we saw of Drew Locke, he has the arm to be able to make those throws. And now that he has the talent to to be able to, you know, get the get the ball to those guys that can make big plays and uh, make plays after the catch. There, there's it's fair to have expectations. To say, hey, you know, Drew Locke, I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Locke could throw thirty to thirty-five touchdowns this season, have four thousand yards. You know, that's that wouldn't shock me, and that that should be expectations within within the team. To be honest, if you don't have those expectations. And you're just saying, okay, well, Drew, hey, if you go out there and throw for 2,500 yards, or hey, it'd be great if you could hit 3,000 yards. I don't, I honestly don't really like that. I want to go up to, I want Drew Locke to be able to say, my expectations are this offense should be able to put up 4,000 yards in the air and 1,500 yards on the ground. And we should be able to score 30 to 40 touchdowns as, you know, just from the passing game. And in the run game, we want to try and get 10 to 15. That should be the expectations with them. And if they don't have that, then no, I don't think Drew Locke is number one on that list. Yeah, I think in a, in a normal season, if if everything was if everything was normal in terms of we're not in a pandemic and there's no condensed offseason and everything like that, I I still I still think that might be a little high, thirty five, you know, the thirty to thirty five touchdowns. However, I do agree. I think he can throw for, for four thousand. If he just threw anywhere from 3,200 to 4,000, if not over, I'm good with that. It all all depends on the context, too, right, of how it looks. If right. he's only thrown for 3,300 yards and it's only 23 touchdowns, okay, that, that seems kind of lackluster. But if that looks like it's quality yards, and, and you never know, that could be because, you know, the running game is just popping each week and they don't really have to rely on Drew's arm. In fact, I would rather them, you know, obviously you want him to get reps and get experience, but I think the less he has to do in terms of not having to carry the team on his back, the better for him. You know, that that's like how Tom Brady was able to get ushered slowly in the league. He didn't have to do it all at once as soon as he came into the league. And obviously it was a different time, a different style of football. But I just think that's the best way for QBs to learn is that if they don't have to come in, like as a number one pick, for example, and have that weight of, oh man, I really have to carry this team. Patrick Mahomes didn't have to do that. He already had a good solid team in Kansas City. They just threw him out there and he was just, you know, the 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 icing to the cake that was already out there. Now, it turns out he's the cake and, and everybody else is the icing. So I think it all depends on the context of Drew Locke and how it looks. I think if it was a normal offseason, I still think that would be a little bit too high. And also given the fact that he has a new offensive coordinator. However, when we go into next year, if things are normal and this staff stays, I'm right there with you. That should be the expectation. A solid offense with the weapons that they have. There should be no excuses in terms of what they could be. Um, but Colin Coward also... Uh, having him as a possible MVP type of player that could, in the second year QBs that are out there, could kind of explode and shine for Denver. I mentioned NFL.com has an article like that as well right now. Adam Shine put out his nine dark horse MVPs, and unlike Colin Cowherd, he didn't limit it to quarterbacks or specifically second year quarterbacks. He just had nine dark horse candidates, and at number eight is Drew Locke, and this is what he had to say. Insane or light years ahead of the curve. Locke played well down the stretch last year, going 4-1 and one in five December starts with a 7-3 to 
touchdown to interception ratio. And John Elway has provided his second year quarterback with a bunch of new toys this offseason after adding Melvin Gordon, stole Jerry Judy at 15, and then astutely plucked speed merchant KJ Hamler in round two. And every time Locke speaks, I always come away impressed, speaking of Adam Shine. I think the former second rounder could enjoy a fantastic sophomore campaign, and I can't wait to watch this offense work. And just real quickly, just a correction. Earlier, I said it was Michael Okuwebunam. It's actually Albert Okuwebunam. Uh, Michael Ojemudia is the cornerback they drafted, so I, I messed those up. But they both have just terrifying last names to try and pronounce, so yeah. that's how I got that mixed up. But uh, pretty impressive you know, words there from Adam Shine on Drew Locke as a dark horse MVP candidate in year two. Yeah. I I think I think we also gotta look at the these other second year quarterbacks too. I mean, look look. Last year there was a bunch of guys and Baker Baker was one of those guys that I I remember Colin Coward I think pretty much said the same thing about Drew I, I most people said the same thing that everyone's saying about Drew Locke said the same thing about Baker Mayfield and look what happened so you know one one thing that I am concerned about and I think every Broncos fan is and and even and then Colin actually mentioned it but it's the offensive line and what, that was the biggest weakness for Cleveland and and Baker was you know they their offensive line was so bad that Drew Lock they they couldn't take advantage of the weapons that they were able to get uh, Baker so that's the one concern I have for for Drew Lock but again they went out and got all these weapons you go four and one to finish the season last year you know this is your chance but um, it's just it's more of a we we have to be able to see these guys play. Because, yeah, KJ Hamler sounds great on paper and he's extremely fast, but he's had issues with dropping the ball. So is is he going to be able to translate to the NFL how we, we were thinking he is? Is Jerry Judy as good as, you know, where he was picked? Right. Um, or should they have picked CeeDee Lamb? So it's just – it's it's exciting and it's exciting to see – Everyone pick the Broncos and pick Drew Locke as these favorites to have a great year, have a breakout season, but there's still a lot of questions. And until we're able to see these guys play in training camp, at least we won't really know. Um, I remember, remember Cody Latimer. Yeah. Training camp superstar Cody Latimer. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was exciting. We have, we have this, Another receiver, and at that point, did they have Decker or they, did they have Sanders? They had uh, – he was on the team with Sanders and DT. Okay. So at that point, you're like, okay, well, now we have two big receivers, and we have someone who can go opposite of DT, and we can put Sanders in the slot, and this is going to be an explosive offense. And, you know, with this great defense, you know, we're going to have – um, you know, this great blah, 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 blah. And look what happened. <laughs> and Cody Latimer hasn't done anything since. Uh, so that's the only concern I have is, you know, we're, we're talking about these guys so highly, but we haven't seen them play. And if they don't turn out to be those guys, then 
expectations on Drew Locke should be lowered a lot. Yeah. And this is all, you know, like you said, this is all on potential. This is all on the ifs turning out the right way and and turning out in the positive way. So I'm right there with you. It all depends on, you know, actually getting these guys out there. And football is obviously a physical sport. You never know what injuries could occur or, or what things could happen on the field at any given moment. But right now, optimistically, it looks like on paper the Denver Broncos got more explosive, more better uh, as an as a total offense. But again, it just comes down to waiting and actually seeing if these guys can execute, seeing if Shermer will actually utilize this offense um, and every weapon that he has at his disposal correctly, seeing if Drew Locke doesn't struggle too much. Each and every week as, as teams get more film on him and understand him more and how to play him, it's all a big what if. But right now on paper, it it does look good. Yeah. But again, it's about execution. Going from one Fox Sports analyst to another, Nick Wright, who does first things first, he put out his you know record predictions for, for each NFL team. He went through each each division and in the AFC, he has some questionable ones, but probably most questionable and, and similar to Adam Rank last year, if people can remember what Adam Rank had predicted for the Broncos, he has Denver not only finishing last in the AFC West this year, but going three and thirteen, with the Raiders going ten and six and the Chargers going six and ten. I mean, that's pretty extreme. I don't see how this team could go 3-13 and 13 unless the wheels completely fall off. I'm talking injuries to Sutton and Von Miller, those types of players. Drew Locke either completely struggles or he gets injured. There's no way I see this team, if they stay relatively healthy and their superstars stay relatively healthy, that they go 3-13 and 13 given their schedule. Yeah, I, I think he might have gotten the roster from last year. Um, because and he is a Chiefs fan, that, too, so you have to remember that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. This team, if there was any time they were going to go 3-13, and 13, it was last year. Right. Last year's team was awful. And Bradley Chubb went down. You had a Von Miller who just seemed disinterested. You had Joe Flacco with that offensive line and he goes down uh, and then he goes down and then you put out this guy, Brandon Allen, who hasn't ever played, who is, doesn't really have the arm. And the only thing, and the only reason why it looked better than Joe Flacco was because he was actually able to move two feet over uh, to avoid sacks. So I, I mean, if like I said, if it was any year, it would have been last year. And honestly, if Flacco played all of last year, they probably would have gone three and thirteen or yeah. four and twelve. I, I agree with that. Yeah, they probably w- uh, lose probably at least two more games. Yeah, because Drew Lock won four, right? So they won seven games last year. So if Drew Lock never came in, and I mean they had some surprising wins. I mean beating Houston, they barely beat Oakland. So it's just they would have gone. 3-13, and 4-12 and 12 last year if it was Joe Flacco the whole time. Uh, but yeah, no, they're not They're not going 3-13. and 13. It's just more of, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure this is almost like, you know, payback for Nick Wright. Yeah. <laughs> because, it, because, you know, it doesn't I, make being, sense. A fan of, being a fan of the Chiefs hasn't really been easy over the last no. few years. You got to soak this thing up because you don't know <laughs> yeah. when this could go away. And they're on the mountaintop right now for sure. But like you said, there's no way this team, like I said, if they stay relatively healthy, 
there's no way that they should go three and thirteen. I understand the schedule; you have to take that with a grain of salt because teams could, you know, spike from the year before when they were probably bad, and teams that were good last year could tank um, and not perform as well. But when he has the Broncos going three and thirteen, but then you have a team like the Patriots who lost Tom Brady going ten and six and winning their division, I'm just not. I'm not understanding that logic at all. And like you said, I agree a hundred percent. Last year was the year, if any, that this team was going to be three and thirteen. And there were points in the season where I was like, I had them winning five games last year. That's what I predicted, and I was like, I don't even know if they're going to be able to reach five. Just how things were looking. You have to remember their right tackle went down. They also lost, you know, Derek Wolf in the season, and there was injuries riddled throughout the defense. Kareem Jackson missed a game or two, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And Bryce Callahan never plays for the team at all last year. So it was like all these moves that they made were just complete, just duds. And if there was any year, it would have been last year. I don't think that'll happen. Three and 13 just seems a little extreme, whether that was for just the take itself or because he actually believes that. I don't know, but I disagree. Yeah. And at some point I remember looking at the rest of the schedule, I believe they were, it was when it was really bad. Like what? They were like two and five, I think. I believe at one point they, they were they were two and five, three and five, you know, three and six, something like that. Yeah, I remember. I think I'm pretty sure they had like two wins, and I I tweeted it out. I was like, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. There is no, I don't see another win. Yeah, you start the I season mean, it off. Was, it was four. that bad. You're two and four after that Tennessee win, you know. And Flacco is still in at that point. Then you lose two straight Kansas City. <laughs> the Kansas City game here was just completely abysmal. I mean, Patrick Mahomes goes down early in the game, and Matt Moore comes in and, and just roasts you, and you lose by 24 in that game. You lose to Indianapolis. Von Miller tackles the hand warmer instead of Jacoby Brissett, and you lose that one. So going into Week 9 against Cleveland, at that point you're sitting at 2-6. and six. And, yeah, and things are just not looking good. Now, I'm pretty sure they when they were win against Cleveland, I'm pretty sure I said it when they were 0 4. Yeah, things. Were looking I was good. like, I I was like, I, yeah, no, this this team's not winning the game this season. But you have like, to think too when they started 0 4. Now, granted, they they looked bad last year. There was there was a lot of times where they looked bad, but a, a lot of that too is they looked good in stretches of games and mm-hmm. then they just shot themselves in the foot that that week one against Oakland I didn't think there was any way they were going to win that on Monday night they just got completely nah. just ran through but you week two at Chicago you probably should have win that if it's not for the roughing the passer call Green Bay uh, at that point I think it was a close game before halftime and then a couple turnovers completely swing the momentum of the game and you lose by 11 there Jacksonville another roughing the passer call you can't sack Gardner Minshew he's just a mouse in the pocket you can't even get your hands on him and somehow they pull away with that one so which one was the game where they they had lost on that last second field goal that the timeout the whole thing with the timeout that they, it was given to was that Chicago, was that Chicago? It had to have been either Chicago or Jacksonville because there was only I think three games in which they lost on a last second field goal. I believe it was the okay, Colts I game, think it was the Jacksonville, Jacksonville game where they Chicago. threw them a timeout when they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, one of those. it was Jacksonville. I remember I was watching the game and I was just celebrating because at that time. You had you had all of Denver media, you had all of Denver fans, everyone 
that was saying, oh, this seems fine. Flacco is good. Blah, 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 blah. They're going to make the playoffs. All this ridiculous crap. And I wanted the team to lose so badly at that time. I was just completely celebrating when that field goal was hit and they dropped to 0-3. I was so happy. Brandon is the worst kind of Broncos fan, (laughs) as you can see. He's over here. He's a Broncos fan. We went to the Super Bowl parade together, and he's like, lose, lose. Well, when you got when 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 you go out and get when you're for from my point of view at that time, they were making moves that were just so stupid. It was band-aids. It's been a band-aid fix ever since was, John John always been here. Right. And it, it was well, but the second Manning left, right. it was it was trying to replace him instead of a restarting. And yeah. they they could have restarted and they could be in the playoffs right now competing within they could have been doing that within two years if yeah. they had just rebuilt the damn thing and restarted. They wanted instead, to keep the win now mentality. And instead you go out and get band-aids like or well you think you can win with Trevor Simeon and you go out and get Pex and Lynch in the late in the first round for some stupid reason. And or was he a second round pick? He was a first no, he round. Was a first they traded round back pick. in the first round for him. Right. For or traded one, up. Some, and and it's because John Elway loves his tall quarterbacks and he needs them to be at least six foot seven so that the way they can get passes batted down at the offense at the line. Hey, don't and, you pick on Brock like that. It's not his fault. Those linemen can <laughs> jump. All right. No, it wasn't just Brock. It was Paxton Lynch. <laughs> yeah, know, it was Joe Flacco. <laughs> they all do it. It's because they're tall and they throw downward. And that's just that's just what happens. Well, what kills me too, I know this is a tangent real quick, but like do people understand that yes, Brock is six seven and he's throwing down a little bit, but these defensive linemen aren't short, okay? They're they're six <laughs> anywhere from six one to six five themselves. Okay. So okay, when they well, put their hands Russell up, Wilson, that's an extra Russell I don't Wilson know. Wilson doesn't get his passes batted down. Well, yeah, because he has to launch it upwards every time. So, <laughs> but they're short. They're plus, like they probably can't short. see where he's at at all times. So they're like, eh, maybe he's over here. I'm going <laughs> to throw my hand up over here. With Brock, it's like a statue amongst little bushes that you can see. You're just like, oh, let me just jump right here. But, like, you know, I, it, it's a weird you know, The thing that drove me nuts, too, they're making all these stupid moves. And yeah. it felt like I was the only one in the world that was seeing it. Oh, no, I've, because, I'm right there with you. Trust me. Because you, you, go back you to my see Twitter. guys, especially in Denver media, and I get it. You know, they're fans of the Broncos. I'm a fan of the Broncos, but I'm not stupid. I'm not saying, oh, this team's a playoff team. Oh, they're going to win 11 games, 12 games this year yeah. with Joe Flacco. Are you kidding me? No, they're not. I, why? Why? How is it possible that you can actually believe that? Right. Especially after seeing what Joe Joe Flacco got benched for Lamar Jackson, who at the time, at the time, people did not think he could throw the ball. He was another Tim Tebow. And he got benched, and he, well, he got hurt, and and Lamar came in. But when Joe Flacco was healthy at the end of the season, they kept Lamar Jackson in. Why? There's a reason why you're willing to move on. And they drafted... The fact that you drafted Lamar Jackson in the first place tells you all you need to know about Joe Flacco at that time. So why do you think that this team can make the playoffs? Not to mention you go out and get Case Keenum. Check down Case, baby. Love it. I mean, yeah, he had a great season in Minnesota, but it was pretty obvious it was 
it was that offense. Yeah. And he comes to Denver and he doesn't have an offensive line that can help him out. He doesn't have the weapons that he needs to help him out. You know, they they had no running game at that point. Like it was just I mean, I guess you had Philip Lindsay's rookie year who had over a thousand yards, yeah. but yeah, the I, running game was actually pretty solid that year. But well, but it's easy. I think in today's NFL, it's easy to hit a thousand yards. It's not as like I will not stand for Philip Lindsay slander on this podcast. It's not this as is where big I'm of a deal. <laughs> it's not as big of a deal hitting barely over a thousand yards. I mean, they really had to like stretch to get him a thousand. Uh, he, so, he got it pretty easy last year. He was, it was a struggle. He got it pretty easily in his yeah, first year. I I guess because he got hurt at the end of the season, so he didn't play what the last three games. Let's see. His first year, he had a uh, well. I mean, he had a thousand thirty-seven. So easily, yeah. not really. But yes, he yeah. did get hurt too. So so he would have he would have maybe had twelve hundred. Maybe. Let's see. Where look, did he get hurt in that? In that look, the team year? the teams haven't been good. They've they've no, actually they've been, been awful. Well, They've been trash. And yes. so that's what drove me nuts was I was seeing this team as a complete garbage. And it was being run by complete garbage, in my opinion. And, you know, I, I look on Twitter and I'm seeing all of these, quote unquote, professional people in radio or in TV or just in, in sports media. And they're like, oh, yeah, this seems like a playoff team. Oh, this was a great move going out and getting Joe Flacco. Huh? It was so a I, yeah. yeah, but it's just that's what drove me nuts, and so that's why I was rooting against the team when they were zero four. I was, I was throwing a parade. I was as happy. I was just as happy when they won the Super Bowl as I was when they went zero and four. Wow, that's how happy I was. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I, was, if I wanted far. them to go zero and sixteen so badly, and the second Drew Lock came in. And we were able to see what he could do. All of a sudden, it just changed everything. Because and it shouldn't have even taken that long to get him. No, it shouldn't have taken that long. It was driving me nuts. They, if they would have just made the move from Flacco to Locke, they would have made the playoffs. Yeah, they would have gone nine and seven, and they probably would have had a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know if they would have actually made it due to tiebreakers and whatnot, but they they probably could have. Yeah, and if you like, I said if, and I forgot about that Minnesota game. You remember that game when they're up, you know, twenty yeah. three nothing. I think it was at halftime, and they just yeah, completely crap the bed. And that was entertaining <laughs> as all hell. Was I love that one. That was a fun one. Like there was so <laughs> many just bad bounces that they went through last season. That if you know, even you know, say they get the Chicago, Jacksonville, Minnesota game. At that point, I mean, you're looking at what ten and six at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, or if you just get two of those games, I mean, you're nine and seven. Well, when did Brandon Allen come in? He came in week nine against Cleveland. Okay, and they they won that game. They won that game twenty four nineteen. Then you got a bye week. Then you go to Minnesota. He looks good, and then they crap the bed. And then you go to that eleven a.m. start versus Buffalo, and he looked really bad with only eighty two yards passing. So at the time they were let's see, own one, own two. Okay, so you're own four. You're one and four, two and four, two and five. So they were two and six going yes. into that Cleveland game. Yes. Okay. So if Drew Locke comes in instead of Brandon Allen, they win the Cleveland game still. So think three so? and five. Okay. Oh, yeah. If, Brent, if Brandon Allen can beat the Browns, I'm sure Drew Locke could have. Drew Locke won his first game. 
That's against true. the Chargers. So you're you're three and six at that point, right? Say you say the same thing happens. You're up twenty three to nothing against the Vikings. Let's just say the same thing happens. You win that game with Drew Lock. I think. So you're now four and six. You lose to the Bills because playing in Buffalo at eleven a.m. is hard. So you lose that one. So now you're what? You're four and seven. Yeah. Or four okay. And eight. Yeah, four and seven. Four and seven. Four and seven. So. Uh, you beat the Chargers. You're five and seven. You still beat the Texans. So you're six and seven. You lose to the Chiefs. Okay, so they probably finish eight and eight. If Drew Locke would have come in. So you get one more game, out. All, all told. You get one more game. Um, although, I think if you would have started him against the Colts, you would have won that one and you would have gone 9-7. and seven. Which, in reality, that's, that's when they should have made the move. Because at that point, you, you had just gotten blown out by Kansas City without Patrick Mahomes. And Joe Flacco was awful that game. So really, Joe Flacco should have been benched against the Colts. And at that point, you're past the point where Drew Locke could have come back at that right at that moment. He could have come back after week six, I believe. I'm pretty sure. So so if if he comes back against the Colts, you go nine and seven and you might make the playoffs. Again, I don't know who was nine and seven that year or last year. Um Let's see, we can look at the state. Who who the wild card teams were. But yeah, I I think if 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 you could have started Drew Locke at that Colts game, they could have gone nine and seven. So wild card was Buffalo and Tennessee. Okay, no, then they were both ten and six. So Buffalo was ten and six. Tennessee was nine and seven. You would have had the tiebreaker over Tennessee because you beat them. Uh, if you yeah. finish nine and seven, but if you go eight yeah. and eight, obviously it doesn't matter. But right. Okay, so yeah, they. I'm looking at my my screen on NFL.com. They have the Titans at 12 and four, and the Patriots at nine and seven. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit uh, it's a bit off, a bit wrong, <laughs> bit wrong there. Uh, it swapped. Um, but yeah, so they would have they would have made the playoffs over the over the Titans because they beat Tennessee. Yeah, if they got to that nine and seven spot for sure. It's an yeah. interesting conversation, and and hopefully this year we're we're so far removed from the struggles that we've been seeing the past, I don't know, five years, four or five years. Hopefully we can build off of what we saw last year, and again to to address Nick Wright's three and thirteen. I just don't see that happening. But we mentioned Russell Wilson a little bit ago. I can't believe this story that's that's coming out or that came out uh, earlier in the week. I'm getting this from CBS Sports, and I, I've seen it on Twitter and, and everywhere, everywhere else. Apparently, Russell Wilson was involved in trade talks for the number one pick in 2018. Now, that was with, with Cleveland, and with that pick, they chose Baker Mayfield. But from, from CBS Sports... It says here that the Seattle Seahawks made Russell Wilson the highest paid quarterback in the NFL when they extended him on a four-year, $140 million deal prior to the 2019 season. However, that at least, uh, excuse me, they at least entertained the possibility of trading Wilson, according to NBC Sports' Chris Sims, 
who told Pro Football Talk the Cleveland Browns had discussions with Seattle in 2018 regarding a potential deal for Wilson. Even going as far as offering the number one pick in that year's draft, the Browns contend that the trade was discussed conceptually, but acknowledge privately the discussion did indeed happen. The inclusion of a no-trade clause in Wilson's eventual big money extension with Seattle, in fact, stemmed in part from chatter regarding mm. the potential trade to Cleveland. So, but just to think that Seattle just took the call and was like, sure, Let's listen to this. When you have a quarterback who won, he didn't win you a Super Bowl, but helped bring a Super Bowl to Seattle, went to the second one, and then you're thinking about giving him up for for the number one pick? I mean, I just don't, I just, or you're considering the possibility, you know, you're listening to the conversation to even take that phone call. When you have a top five quarterback already in the NFL, you just signed, I just don't understand that uh i think i do really okay hear me out you win a super bowl what did we just talk about with with young quarterbacks right and the advantage that you have with young quarterbacks in their second third fourth years where that's your that's your window to win the eagles did it the seahawks did it with russell wilson um the chiefs have now done it uh, the Rams almost did it. So you're looking at, you know, right around that time is when that trend started. And it started with Russell Wilson where you're getting these young quarterbacks on their rookie deals and you're able to spend money elsewhere. And so at that time in the 2017, 2018 season, I don't believe the Seattle did that well. Um, Let's look at like their history, I guess. Um, Let's see, twenty seventeen, they were because they won the Super Bowl in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. Twenty seventeen, they were nine and seven. So okay, exactly. So you go nine and seven, and you miss the playoffs. Yes. Um. So at that time, you're looking at this team, and you have to pay Russell Wilson, and he's gonna expect top quarterback money, right? And yes. you're looking at how you won the Super Bowl with the guy who was on his rookie contract with the defense that was able to beat the greatest offense of all time. So that if, if you won that way, then you think you can do it again. And I think that's exactly what they were thinking. Look, do we want to pay Russell Wilson and basically – hurt ourselves with cap room with our cap space just to hold on to him when a team like Cleveland is offering the number one pick and there's quarterbacks uh, there's a quarterback like Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold there's Josh Allen Josh Rosen um and so I believe right this 2018 NFL draft yeah, yeah correct so that's that's I think the idea now if it wasn't say it was say if it was joe burrow and it was uh, like say like joe burrow for whatever reason was in this class instead i think they would have done it i really do or trevor lawrence right these quarterbacks or like andrew luck 
right? Where it's this can't miss quarterback prospect, and he's a guy that's gonna be the be a top five quarterback in the NFL, and he's gonna be a great player. And you know, it's it's a it's a done deal type of type of deal, right? Like a John Elway, or whatever. If if it was that type of draft, I think they would have done it one hundred percent because. You look at that time, they have to pay Russell Wilson. They just went nine and seven. And you're you're hurting because you made it to back to back Super Bowls and all those players wanted more money. And that's where you're hurting. That's why you fell apart. Is because you had to pay all of these guys this you know so much money and you're not able to keep the whole team together. And that's the great thing about the NFL. That's how it works. And that's why, you know, you don't really see dynasties like that. That's why, you know, this that's why even New England, as great as they as they've been, they haven't won, you know, they haven't three peated, right? They haven't have they even won? Yeah, they won back to back, but Yes. You know, they right, but they haven't really they've been the closest to they've been the really the only dynasty that we've really seen in a long time because usually there's a different team there. So that's where I think they were thinking. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I get it. Listen, I, I get the formula. It's crazy, but, you know. I, I get the formula, you know, of of your window is ideally with a young quarterback on his first contract and you're able to build around him. I mean, at that point, after the 2017 season is done, Russell Wilson is 29 years old. He uh, he's going. Let's see. When is his birthday? Uh, November 29th. So the next season he'll he'll be 30 in that season but at that point you only had one losing season with Russell and I get the defense was was the mainstay uh in in those early years with him but at that point I mean by 2017 after the 2017-18 season you knew what Russell Wilson was it wasn't like you know after his first two years I mean where it was looked like he he was like a game managing type of quarterback but this is what you look for this is this is what it's all about is finding the guy, the guy for your team. And at that point, I mean Russell Wilson had already been to two Super Bowls. He won one. He's an MVP caliber type of quarterback. He's been to a couple Pro Bowls already. I just don't understand. Yes, I get it. You're going to have to pay him. But I'd rather have to pay a great quarterback who's a top 5 quarterback already than give him up and and try and find that guy because it's not as easy as we have the number one pick and we're going to take the best prospect because that's not always a sure thing when you hit on the guy you do everything you can to keep the guy and try and figure out ways to maximize around him that's why you need a great front office staff because when you get that guy okay now it's on you depending on what he does with his contract if he's he's one of those guys where he wants his money okay now it's on you to build in the draft and get weapons around him to find ways to finagle in free agency to get guys here that can still help him i just man that would have been a bold move that would have been i think that would have been a terrible move by seattle too and i think they would have immediately regretted that because if you insert a baker mayfield or a darnell and i get those guys are still you know young in their careers we don't know what exactly they could be yet but it doesn't look like any of those guys at least right now will be russell wilson's level and That's what I'm saying, though. What if it was a? Uh, what if it was? What and if at it was that Andrew point Rock? that defense was already was, starting to fall apart too? Well, and it's it's because 
you had to pay a lot of guys. Well, I'm that saying- and, and age as well, and injury right. too. I mean, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman. I mean, these guys weren't as spry as they were back in 2012, 13, 14. I mean, you get to what if, 17, What if there was Andrew Luck sitting there, though, where teams were tanking to get Andrew Luck, and this was the this was the next John Elway type of... And look, Andrew Luck's career obviously was was riddled with injuries, and and it didn't go well because of that. But let's just say there's an Andrew Luck type of player or a John Elway type of player where he's going to be the number one pick. He's been said to be the number one pick for years now. Like almost like a Trevor Lawrence is what sounds like a Trevor Lawrence is going to be, right? If it was that type of quarterback in that draft, would you do it then? Because you're you're talking about again a thirty year old, a thirty year old Russell Wilson. For the last three years, you've gone ten and six, ten five and one. You lost in the division around both of those game, both of those years, and then you went nine and seven to miss the playoffs. And you're you have a thirty year old quarterback who. You're not sure about anymore who is costing a lot of money and you've gotten old across the board. Wouldn't if if the thought is to rebuild, then what do you want to completely rebuild? And if there's a quarterback and you're getting off the number one overall pick, and there's a quarterback out there who you think is the next John Elway, like he's that next prospect, wouldn't you make that move? No. I wouldn't because at that point I'm looking at Russell Wilson did his last three years. He had 4,000 yards, 34 touchdowns, eight picks, 4,000 yards, 10, five and one, nine and seven. And you're the rest of your team is falling apart because you have to pay this guy. But that's, I think that's what you're missing here. Okay. They went 10 and six, 10, five and one, nine and seven. So they're winning double digits, but you're winning double digits and you're one game away from winning double digits. Why do you think you're able to do that with that defense falling apart? Because you have the guy. So you're you're so here's here's how I'm breaking this down in my mind though, ultimately. So this is the scenario that I'm going through in my mind. Do I want five to seven more years with a quarterback who I know is a top five quarterback, uh a Hall of Famer, in my mind, I believe Russell Wilson's going to go into the Hall of Fame. A Hall of Famer, so I'm getting 5 to 7. Maybe if I'm lucky, we'll get close to 8 to 10. But at least 5 to 7 years with Russell Wilson. That I for sure know we're at least going to be relevant. We'll be competing if we get the right pieces in the draft. Get lucky here in free agency. We're going to be around. Or do I want to get 10 to 15 years with a prospect, potentially, who could be the next great thing, but you're asking me to risk it on an unknown because we've seen guys who are pegged up to be the next great thing and then they don't pan out for whatever reason, whether it's injury or they just don't have it, motivation, whatever the case is. I'm always going to go with the known. I know what Russell Wilson is. I know what he can provide my team. I'd rather continue to be in that window with him. I get it. They were starting to decline a little bit, but still it's not like they went from 10 and five and one to four and 12. They're one game (laughs) missing out of the playoffs. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson and what I know in the future hall of famer instead of scrapping him for an unknown. Because then if you do that and this guy, the Andrew Lux, the Trevor Lawrence, the Joe Burrows, they don't work out. Then you've set your franchise back another you know two to seven years however long it's going to take i just would rather go with the known than the unknown right and, and uh, i'm seeing people in chat you mean <laughs> thomas you mean we should have drafted josh rosen or or uh, no i'm not saying that what i'm saying is i wouldn't have done it in that year right so i wouldn't have traded 
uh, Russell Wilson for the 2018 first overall pick because there was no consensus number one like this is the next great quarterback you know there wasn't a Andrew Luck there wasn't a John Elway there wasn't a you know Joe Burrow right in, in this draft really I mean Joe Burrow was pretty much the consensus number one guy um there's no Trevor Lawrence next year who I think is probably going to be the the number one no matter what team has a number one pick they're right. probably going to take that guy right uh you know like like andrew luck had so much there was so much of that this guy is going to be great that the colts let peyton manning go for him and i think if drew luck or if drew luck if andrew luck would have would have stayed healthy and they had i think a, well a better GM because I don't think you know their front office was really that good. But if if Andrew Luck would have stayed healthy, then you would have had a you know a lot longer of time to to win, right? But I, I think that you would have been able to reopen that window. That but that was a bit different. That example because, I don't think works though necessarily because yes they they gave up on Peyton, but you have to remember Peyton was coming off of that neck injury, right? And Peyton well, was significantly it's, it's older different. than Russell is. But right the fact at that, that Andrew point. Luck, the fact that Andrew Luck though was there, there was so much talk about him. You know, he was like, no matter what team got that number one pick. They were gonna take him because he was that great. I mean, we saw. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that John Elway was so pissed that Tim Tebow came in and won those games. Yeah, because he wanted Andrew Luck. There was teams that wanted to tank, Broncos included. Yeah, suck for luck get, to get Andrew Luck. That's how big of a prospect he was. If there was a guy in the 2018 draft that was like that, Seattle would have made the move. But because there wasn't, they didn't. And that's what I'm saying is I I wouldn't have traded for the 2018 for Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen or Josh Allen. I wouldn't have done that. But if it was was maybe a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck or those type of quarterbacks where like those are a can't-miss quarterback, that's a can't-miss guy. Then I'm making the move. But you already have the can't miss guy. And you got him in what the second or no, third round, though. What <laughs> I'm saying is no, but what I'm saying is I I'm betting on and that the can't miss guy is that that draft pick who's a can't miss guy, even though I have a, a Russell Wilson who is a quote unquote can't miss guy who's a Hall of Fame future quarterback who won who went to two Super Bowls and won one. I'm saying I can get a guy who's just as good who I can then build around a defense, build him a, a team around this quarterback with way more money and and with way more way more room to be able to make the team that I want to make that actually did go and win or win that Super Bowl and go to a second straight on the backs of that defense and not that offense. I'm I would if if I just came off of that and I'm seeing the effects of having to pay Russell Wilson now and not being able to build that type of team anymore because you have to pay him. And there's a can't-miss quarterback out there who you can get for basically a penny compared to what you have to pay Russell Wilson. I'm doing that. And I'm rebuilding the team that I know won a Super Bowl. 
that's that's a bold move, man. I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I just I just I can't do that because I think I think the team will do it within the next decade. Because sure, still, because look at look at the trend. What is it? We just had three straight years where a second year quarterback either won MVP or was about was going to, but he got hurt. That's three straight seasons, and two of them won a Super Bowl. Right, but you're you're banking on what ifs and not one of those teams moved on from a hall of fame, a future hall of famer. The only situation where we oh, can not say yet, that happened. They're not in that position yet. What if in two years, okay, uh, what I if don't. in two years, mm-hmm. all of a sudden say Trevor Lawrence stays in college, right? For another year. Cause I think he can do that. Right. Yes. He was a sophomore. Well, so say he, yes. He okay. So say he, he, Everyone's saying he's going to be the number one pick, blah, 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 blah. And he, you know, he stays. And so he's going to be in the 2022 NFL draft. Okay. And the Chiefs are are in a situation where they have to pay the most money ever to a single player in Patrick Mahomes. And and let's say they have already done it and they're, they, they had just started it, right? And they're giving him the most money in the league. And they did not make it. Let's say they were like ten and six. Maybe they lost a division, uh, and they're kind of slowly falling apart because you can't pay these other players that you need to win, right? In that situation, there could be a chance where they could say, "You know what? This Trevor Lawrence guy is a can't miss." What if we trade Patrick Mahomes for him? Oh no! And maybe and maybe added. <laughs> Maybe added a, another first round future first or another second or third, and you rebuild the team. And that's and now I'm not saying I would trade Patrick Mahomes because at this point he looks like he's going to be, you know, the next great, like, not just a, a top five quarterback in the league, right. but he's going to be the best quarterback in the league for the next two decades. So I wouldn't do it with Patrick Mahomes. But what, but in that scenario though, say he, say he's not looking like that guy anymore and he's just, you know, he, he's still a top five quarterback. He's maybe like four or five, but there's three or four other quarterbacks out there that are better and that are, it's obvious that those guys are better, right? And he's not the best anymore. And your team is kind of slowing down, getting older, or, you know, you're not able to pay guys, right? Then in that situation, okay, I'm looking at it like, oh, I mean, if there's this can't miss guy and we can go from, Mahomes to this guy who Mahomes hasn't really he hasn't been the guy who who threw for fifty touchdowns and won a Super Bowl, and there's this other guy who we can build a great team around uh, for the next four or five years and build more of a balanced team to win. Then maybe that's something that you could look at. I I'm just saying that the the trend right now is to get a young quarterback. And and take advantage of of his first four or five years where you're not paying him. Well, sure. And, I mean, and and building a team around. I mean, look. I, mean, I think that's always been an winners. ideal plan, but I just listen. You're 
and each situation it's is different. Crazy. Obviously, it's crazy. right. And each, each situation, situation is different. You know, Peyton Manning moving on from Peyton to Russell or not Russell, Andrew Luck. I mean, obviously that it was easier for Indianapolis to do that. Peyton Manning wasn't 30 at the time and he was, you know, and he also was coming right. off of a neck injury that and people it was thought Andrew he could Luck. never play again. Right. So it was a perfect storm for Indianapolis. That's that's a no-brainer move right there. Um in a sense. Now, obviously well, that's it what kind I'm of for for say Kansas City or even but, let's say let's but, say Philly with Carson Wentz, right? But you I'm not this- I'm not having as much trouble doing that because Carson Wentz isn't on the level of Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. You're asking me the the two examples we've talked about is Russell Wilson okay, who will on, be a okay. Hall of Famer. Let's let's, and, let's think of another uh who's another top 5 quarterback in the league that's in their still in their rookie contract that uh, I don't think there is. <laughs> exactly, that doesn't exist. I, you're 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 saying it's funny the example you brought up. A top five quarterback, he's four or five, but he's not throwing for fifty touchdowns and going to a Super Bowl. But he's four or five. Listen, <laughs> if I have one of those top five guys, I'm not leaving off of him. Brandon, if Patrick Mahomes want three hundred million and my firstborn child, that's what I'm giving Patrick Mahomes because I would rather ride and die with that guy paying him too much money than doing what the Broncos have done. The, the, the Bears have done, uh, the Browns have done, the Dolphins, which is go through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback and miss and miss and miss and and try your brains out to try and find this, find this guy. You have that guy. This is what it's all about. This is the one position that can lift you. Uh, to a nine and seven, ten and five record, but your team still be in decline because they're taking you on their back. I, I just want the known. At the end of the day, I'm riding with a known. And if that's five to seven years with an aging Russell Wilson at 30, okay, I'm taking that. If that's, you know, uh, eight to 12 years with Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking that. I understand you could get more time with a prospect like a Trevor Lawrence or a young Andrew, or whatever the case is, Joe Burrow. But again, there's still a slight chance that those guys don't work out. If you have the guy that worked out, I'm keeping that guy. I'm doing whatever I can to pay him. And I'm banking on the what if I'm banking on is what if Russell Wilson is like, you know what, instead of paying me 200 million, I'll take 120 and let's go out and get this defensive tackle. Let's go out and get this left tackle. Let's go out and get that corner or that wide receiver that we could really use. That's the only what if I'm banking on. Other than that, I'm sticking with the known. That's just okay. Well, here's the thing, though, and this is the last thing and we can move on. But okay, but I'm looking at what they've done in the last two years. They've gone 10 and six lost in the wild card playoffs. Seattle. Is that who you're looking at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They went 11 and five lost in the division around this past year. Right. So you're not, you're nothing different. Like the, the two years after the Super Bowl, you went 10 and six, 10, five and one, you lost in the division round. Then you missed the playoffs in 2017 and you're, you were nine and seven. You went 10 and six in 2018, lost in the wild card. You went 11 and five and lost in the division round. You're the same team. Because because you have Russell Wilson who you're paying all this money to, but you're close though. You're close. Are you really close? You are close. Yeah. What that tells me is that they're a playoff contending team that with one or maybe two pieces they go over the hump. Because if you go with a young quarterback, then now you have to find a way to build whatever other side you want. Say they wanted to go back to the model they went to. They go young quarterback and they want to build up the defense. Well, now it's going to take time for that quarterback to adjust to that. Okay, now they have to find a way because it, it's not. We have to remember too; it's hard to replicate, you know, uh, duplicate and and you know recreate 
an all-time defense. That Seattle defense was an all-time defense. The likelihood of recreating that is so slim. Now, yes, you could possibly get a top 10, top 5, but even then, you're banking on the what-ifs with that. Again, there, there will be time to transition over that young quarterback going through the bumps and bruises and you're going to have to go through the four wins, the, the six wins, seven wins, whatever the case is. At least I'm close. I'm in playoff contention because we, we know with football, it's not like basketball. You don't have to beat everybody four times. It's one game. If you get one game, you don't even have to be the best team. If you play better on that one day, then you, you don't know what could happen. You could get hot. So that tells me that they're close and that there's a move or two away from getting back to where they need to be. Now, your your scenario with Seattle now could be relevant in, in the coming years, in the next one or two years, say Trevor Lawrence stays for his senior year, right? And then you get, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, it would be 32 next year, Lawrence doesn't come out. And then 33, and then you're, you're, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence coming out. Now it's, oh, okay, now I could probably entertain that a little bit more. But I just, I just still think, man, I'm, I'm riding but with see, the gnome. But see, if that happens though, and Trevor Lawrence stays, right? So in two years, you're saying that the Seahawks go, let's say they do the same exact thing. They go ten and six both years. They lose in the wild card division around. Right. Well, at, at that point, you know, if if it is available and you can trade the number one pick, or you can trade for the number one pick and get rid of Russell Wilson and restart. I mean, I'm doing that for sure. But why, why not? look at it before if there would have been a because obviously i wouldn't have done in 2018 Mm. but if there would have been a trevor lawrence that year or whatever why wouldn't you just do it at that point because you didn't do anything next four years i mean you still have a russell wilson who's playing at the top of his game though and and yeah but but, you're still in the playoffs nothing happened you made the playoffs and that's it you were stuck in the middle is it the middle though (laughs) i don't know if it's the middle I mean, you're getting well, to the you're making the playoffs and, and you're losing within the first two rounds. And I, in some cases, I, in some cases, your first round, you're losing. I, I still think that's close. You're not, you're not, get, close. you're not getting anywhere. You're the same team over and over again. And you're trying to put band-aids really around this team, around this great quarterback, but you can't really help them in the way you need to, because you don't have money to do so. And and maybe that's on them for not drafting well. You know they yeah, they didn't draft well and they, didn't, and they didn't help them. But at the same time, you're also not getting good draft picks, right? But that's that's also the challenge of the NFL. You need to have well, great people everywhere in the front office that, as well. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying though is, I have a feeling a team is going to do it within the next decade. A team is going to take sure. They're a great quarterback at 28 to 30 years old who's about to go on this massive contract. And they had won a couple of Super Bowls with him in his rookie contract. I, I'm i saying, in how old is Patrick Mahomes? So in, in six years when he is 30? God, he's only I'm, 24. <laughs> <laughs> in, but here's the thing. In six years, okay, uh. say, say they win back-to-back. Let's say they I want to talk to about that. All right. And fine. and you pay Patrick Mahomes this massive five year whatever million dollar deal, okay? Right. And throughout those five years, you do nothing. You go ten and six, you make the playoffs, you have Patrick Mahomes, it's great, but you're you're losing in the in the wild card or the division around, and you're kind of having to fight and, and scrap for a playoff spot, which is what Seattle has done the last four years. Mm-hmm. 
And now you're coming up on another contract. He's 30 years old, and he is still he's maybe he's won a couple MVPs in those years, and he's you know he's still at the top of his position. But you're not getting anywhere with him because you you can't build around him, right? Right. And let's just say in the 2026, 2027 NFL draft, there's a can't miss quarterback. And this is the next Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, whatever you want to say. This is the next guy, and you believe he's the next guy. And whoever's the worst team in the league is offering the number one pick for Patrick Mahomes. Do you do it? And Patrick Mahomes is what age is he? He's 30 years old. He's 30 years old, and he's thrown for 4,000 yards, four, you know, 4,500 yards, 30 plus touchdowns the so last still Mahomes. five years. He's still Mahomes, but you've gone nine and seven, ten and six at best, eleven five, and you've lost. And you haven't even gone to the the AFC Championship since you won back to back Super Bowls because you had to pay him. And now you have a chance to restart with this number one overall pick, great quarterback who you can start on a rookie contract for five years and build a Super Bowl team around him, just like you did with Patrick Mahomes. But there's just still no guarantee that you're going to be able to do that, though. No, no, there's no guarantee. But you know you did it with Mahomes. I'm just still riding with the known. That's what nah. I'm doing. That's what I'm. I, I have to because I'd make the trade. I would make the trade. Uh, I, I the trade. You're a ballsy it, man. I mean, again, it depends on who that quarterback is. If it's if it's a Baker Mayfield type of draft, or is Josh Rosen, and you're really not sure who the best quarterback is, I wouldn't do it. But if there if there's a this this quarterback um like Andrew Luck was coming out or Peyton Manning was coming out or John Elway, it was that type of quarterback, I would do it. I'm just not because willing to take guys, that risk. Those guys in the pre draft, right, were consensus number one picks, can't miss guys. And it turned out that those guys were that they turned out to be that great. Now obviously Andrew Luck had those injuries and whatever. And you can't control that. You know, injuries, that hurts. But was he great? He was great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just riding with the known because I'd, okay. I'd rather have that guy that I already know that right. is already paying at, playing at a Hall of Fame level because I'd rather have that and go down swinging with that than no, like staying awake that one night realizing that moment you realize, oh, crap, this quarterback we took isn't what he was supposed to be and Patrick Mahomes is somewhere else winning. I just, yeah, uh, not me. I can't do it, but, <laughs> but, but that's all we have for today. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to the, the behind the glass sports podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube, anchor, Google podcasts, pocket cast, breaker, overcast and radio public. Really? There's no excuse for you not to come listen to us, yell at each other and hear Brandon make crazy takes and me try and rationalize with him <laughs> and get him off the ledge and realize what he has. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Brandon, Brandon underscore store for Brandon. Like, if anyone listening to this is on like, whose side are you like, what would you do in that situation? And in six years, when Patrick Mahomes is 30 years old and you've done nothing. And still a Hall of Famer. Because you're paying for him. And then there's this next Peyton Manning type of player. Who isn't a Hall of Famer. In the draft. Yet. No. Or but, probably wouldn't be. But he's a consensus number one guy. And the, every time that's happened in the past, 
it's worked out at least as long as there wasn't any injuries like Peyton Manning and and John Elway and it doesn't happen very often you know right? what this Obviously. is like you know what this is like this is this kind of reminded me of this analogy it might be stupid before we before we get out of here it's I'm, like I'm, you're I'm asking me listeners what you, they would do well yes yes I, I'm curious to see where they would go but okay you it's like you're asking me okay you're stranded in the ocean right and you've been on this boat and this boat has been great to you. It's it's like a yacht. It's a nice size yacht. You know, it's it's getting its its little dings and bruises. You know, that little stingray keeps scratching up the side underneath the water. That whale kind of knocked its fin up against it, and but it's still running good. This thing is still going good. And then somehow you're seeing this other boat that looks newer. All right, it's floating on by, and from the outside, man, that thing looks good. And wow, they even have a, a little life raft that could pull me over to that boat. But I don't know what that boat, what if there's holes on the inside of that boat? What if there's, you know, something wrong with the engine on that boat? But this boat that I'm on works really good and it hasn't done me wrong. Granted, it has its dings and its bruises and, you know, that, that little light in the bathroom starting to go out and I don't have an extra light bulb to fix it, but it's been good to me. I'm staying with that boat instead of hopping to that new boat because I just don't know what's on that boat or what's wrong with that boat. It's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't. I'm going to go with the one I know. That's just me. But yeah, I could see it either way, you know? So it's mm-hmm. it's fine. I, I would just rather keep the Hall of Famer than <laughs> risk, you know, not having so you're a gonna, Hall of Famer. You're going to keep the Hall of Famer, go 10-6 and six and be Irish for the rest of his career. <sighs> But I, you don't have that guarantee that you're going to be average. It also depends on the context and how it looks. I mean, we're seeing it. Are we? Are we? You know, with so Russell the Wilson's one case, is Tom Brady, I guess. Right. Well, but with Russell Wilson's case, you know that the only reason that team is that good is because Russell Wilson. And so that tells me that's on the front office. They're not doing right by him. They're not doing well enough in free agency, and they're not doing well enough in the draft to help him out. And if they did, if they gave him a couple pieces that he needs or drafted right, then okay, boom, we're back there. We have the main piece. We just need to get the puzzles around him like Tetris and just fit it around him. If you think Russell Wilson, he's not the best quarterback. So what would you rank him, like four or five in um, the league? I would say, so best quarterback I would say is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And then after Patrick, uh, let's see. Brady? I wouldn't take, Still? honestly, I'd take Russell Wilson probably too. I don't think there's anybody else mm-hmm. that I would take over over um, Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think there's anyone that I would take at two other than than Russell Wilson. I mean, who Aaron Rodgers is on the decline. Yes, he's still great, but you know he's not what he once was. I mean, if I go through all the all the quarterbacks in the league, uh, Tom Brady, I'm not taking over Russell Wilson. I'm not taking Josh Allen, Josh uh, or Sam Darnold. I'm not taking whoever Miami's trotting out there. Tua. I'm not taking Lamar Jackson. I'm not taking Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not taking really. Baker you want to take Lamar Jackson over? Oh no, over Russell, Russell Wilson? Wilson? No, no way. Because we saw that in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson still has the same issue he had in the first year. When it comes to him actually being a quarterback, he can't do that. Maybe it's yet. Maybe he can't do that yet. But I just have a feeling that he won't ever be able to be that guy. Now, obviously, he's okay. dynamic and, and what he presents is a huge issue. But if you get a team that can stifle him and you have to win by his arm, I don't believe in that yet. Russell Wilson can win by his arm. So I'm not taking Lamar Jackson. Okay, him. I agree with that. I'm not taking Joe Burrow. Uh, as much as Deshaun Watson is a good uh, young quarterback, I'm not taking him. I'm not taking whoever Tennessee's trotting out. Indy, no. Jacksonville, no. I obviously mentioned Patrick Mahomes. That's the only guy. So I'm looking at all these division. Carson Wentz, no. Derek Carr. 
I mean, there's nobody that's standing out in any of these teams. I'm not taking Drew Brees. He's too old. Not taking Tom Brady. He's too old. So yeah, I would say right now, Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. And other than Patrick Mahomes, I'm not taking anybody over him. That's just me. That's just me. But that'll do it for today's podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it today as as we uh, we yelled at each other, we ranted. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to go that long. We really got off on a on like a 40-minute tangent know, on Russell we Wilson. We didn't even go over our title. We'll, we'll go over the ESPN's best NBA uh, yeah, we'll all-time list on Monday. Yeah, we'll do that Monday. We had some good stuff today that we didn't get to, uh, but we want to thank you guys again just for listening. Again, this is the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public. Thanks so much for anybody that's even tuned in on YouTube. Shout out to Thomas, my boy, for for watching on YouTube. I know you're busy do, during the day uh, doing your job, so for you to be able to, to live stream, thank you, sir. Hank, I see you in the chat. Thanks so much for, for popping up again, my friend. Anybody that's even pressed play for a second, we're grateful to you. Hopefully, you're enjoying it. TGIF, we'll see you guys on Monday. Back for the Behind the Glass Sports podcast. Have a good weekend, everybody.